After a full year of lies, obfuscation, misdirection, someone has finally taken Dr. Fauci to task. Senator Paul, take it away. What study shows significant reinfection, hospitalization, and death after either natural infection or the vaccine? It doesn't exist. There is no evidence that there are significant reinfections after vaccine. In fact, I don't think we have a hospitalization in the United States after the two-week period after the second vaccination. We don't have a death in the United States. You're not hearing what I'm saying about variants. We're talking about wild-type versus variants. And what what proof is there that there are significant reinfections with hospitalizations and death from the variants? None in our country. Zero. Well, because we don't have a prevalent of a variant yet. We're having one. Can I finish? We're having one one seven that's becoming more dominant policy based on conjecture. There's no evidence that there's any sort of reinfection. I'm talking about the variants. There's no evidence of infection from the variants. Well, yeah, not yet, but maybe. Right. So stay locked down and wear your mask, you sheep. Well, that's not going to work for me, Fauci. It doesn't work for me either. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. Welcome back to the show. My favorite comment yesterday from Douglas Roach, who says, this is kind of, it seems like a very simple observation, but it's an important one. He says, the left is a never ending slippery slope. Do you remember, I want to say 10, 15 years ago, We heard about the slippery slope from the right. A lot of conservatives said, you know, if you start normalizing certain cultural programs, certain bits of the cultural revolution, pretty soon you're going to end up in a really weird place in our country where you've got like drag queen story hour and we all lock down and we all wear stupid masks all the time and we upend our whole culture. And what did the left say? Oh, stop it. Oh, you're being paranoid oh, there's no such thing as a slippery slope. Actually, conservatives have been warning about a slippery slope since the 60s, at least, really even probably earlier than that. The left says, oh no, you're crazy. You're, no, what are you talking about? The slippery slope people were right about everything. (laughs) Every conservative who has ever invoked the slippery slope and been laughed at for it was right. And now we're living in that bottom of that slippery slope right now. And by the way, we're not at the true bottom. There's a whole further way that we can slide. And if your culture is sliding into decay and destruction, you want to be prepared, which is why I would recommend ReadyWise. ReadyWise is the leader in emergency food supplies. Everything from emergency meals, freeze-dried fruits and vegetables for convenient on-the-go nutrition, new adventure meals for hiking, camping, and other outdoor activities. ReadyWise makes being prepared simple and affordable. Order online and have nutritious meals shipped directly to your doorstep. ReadyWise products are proudly made in the USA. And best of all, they taste great and they give you peace of mind. When preparing ReadyWise meals, all you need is four cups of water. The water doesn't even need to be hot. You just pour the food into the water, you stir, you cover, you wait 15 minutes, the meal is ready. Some meals, by the way, can even be prepared directly in the pouch, which eliminates the need for additional supplies. If the past year has not taught you that it's good to be prepared in an emergency, when resources are strained. I can't help you. <laughs> There's just nothing I can do to convince you. But I think the rest of us all realize how important that is. Get peace of mind. This week, my listeners can get 10% off at readywise.com when entering Knowles 10 at checkout or by calling 855-453-2945. Readywise has a 30-day, no questions asked return policy. There is no risk in taking the initiative to get you and your family prepared today. That is readywise, R-E-A-D-Y-W-I-S-E.com, promo code Knowles 10 to get 10% off. Rand Paul really just wrecked Dr. Fauci here. You know, the classic videos, I guess Ben is the typical example of this, but the videos, you know, conservative owns liberal. Rand Paul owned Dr. Fauci. It was a great exchange because Dr. Fauci did what, what leftist experts do, what the technocrats always do, which is say, you're not, you don't understand my brilliant ideas. Because Rand Paul says specifically, we don't see evidence of reinfection from COVID. So once you get vaccinated or once you've already gotten the virus, you can take the stupid mask off. And then Fauci says, no, I'm talking about the new variants of COVID, right? So he's trying to misdirect here. But then uh, Rand Paul says, okay, fine. We're talking about the variants. There's no evidence that if you've gotten COVID or you've been vaccinated against COVID, that you're particularly susceptible to the new variants either. And Fauci says, okay, yeah, you're right. There's not evidence. 
but there's not a lot of evidence that you're not susceptible, <laughs> you know, so therefore stay locked down, do whatever I tell you to do, even if my rules change by the hour. Rand Paul not having it. He says, this is government by conjecture. No, you it, have the it isn't based on conjectures. So you some you want people to wear a mask for another couple of years. No, you've been vaccinated and you parade around in two masks for show. No, you can't get it again. There's almost there's virtually zero percent chance you're going to get it. And yet you're telling people with them that have had the vaccine who have immunity. You're defying everything we know about immunity by telling people to wear a mask who've been vaccinated. No. Instead, you should be saying there is no science right. to say we're going to have a problem from the large number of people being vaccinated. You want to get rid of vaccine hesitancy? Tell them they can quit wearing their mask after they get the vaccine. You want people to get the vaccine? Give them a reward instead of telling them that the nanny state's going to be there for three more years and you got to wear a mask forever. People don't want to hear it. There's no science behind it. What a brilliant point here from Rand Paul. And Rand Paul has been really great in the Fauci debates because he's kind of the flip side of Dr. Fauci. They are both doctors, right? They're, they're both medical professionals and they're also both politicians. And people only think of Rand Paul as a politician and people only think of Dr. Fauci as a medical professional, but they're actually, each of them are both. They both work for the government. They both get their paycheck from the federal government. They have both worked in medicine before and they're just expressing different political views. Dr. Fauci expressing the left-wing technocrat administrative state view that we need to have government by experts and Rand Paul expressing the conservative and libertarian view that we ought to have constitutional government by the people. And Rand Paul is also making a great point about incentives here. I'm not particularly interested in getting the vaccine, not because I'm totally worried about, you know, Bill Gates injecting me with 5G or whatever. Frankly, my cell service isn't that great. So I could, I could use a little boost anyway, if I became a hotspot, you know, uh, but it's not because of any crazy theories that you see anywhere. It's just because statistically speaking, I don't really need it. I'm young. I'm relatively healthy. I'm not saying I'm in, in, totally invincible or impervious to the virus. I'm just saying I make calculated risks every time I walk out the door and sometimes when I'm in my home too, and this seems like a risk I would be willing to take. If I were 90 years old, maybe I'd have a different idea. If I were extremely overweight, maybe I'd have a different idea. If I stay in Nashville long enough, I will become extremely overweight, and then I would have a different idea perhaps too. But even if I were interested in getting the vaccine, you need to incentivize people, right? I, as a pure personal health matter, there's not a ton of incentive for me to get it. If I'm also being told that I, I won't be able to take the mask off, I won't be able to change the way that I behave once I get the vaccine, then I truly have no incentive. There's just no reason to do it at all. And that's what Fauci is doing. And he is doing it, as Rand Paul says, for show. Rand Paul, or Dr. Fauci will put the mask on in the middle of a baseball diamond where he's not close to anybody whatsoever. And then he'll dribble that ball to home plate. And then he'll go sit up in the stands with his friends sitting three inches apart from them and he'll take the mask off. People, people he doesn't live with, but he just thinks the cameras are off of him so he can behave more normally. None of the people who want you to live your life in terror of, of coronavirus are f fearful of coronavirus themselves. John Kerry shows this too. John Kerry just got caught on camera. He was on an airplane. He goes into the first class cabin, sits down, immediately takes his mask off. He's not drinking something. He's not eating something. He just takes his mask off because he realizes that in many social situations, the masks are just for show, right? They're not doing quite as much as some public health experts are, are telling you they do. That's actually what Dr. Fauci told, told us at the beginning. They're not doing a ton and there can actually be some negative effects of it. If you're touching your face and you're touching your eyes and whatever, you're moving it around all the time. John Kerry gets caught doing this. That'll teach him not to fly private. <laughs> he's going he's gonna to have to start flying private again if he does that. This is just an imposition for the little people, but the big people violate it. You remember this at Joe Biden, Joe Biden early, early in office, he signs a rule saying that on federal lands, you've got to wear the mask all the time. And what does he do? He goes to the Lincoln Memorial. He's got his family there and people aren't wearing masks because <laughs> there's one set of rules for the, the rulers, and there's one set of rules for the ruled. 
Somehow though, I love the Fauci testimony. I hope we play that on, on repeat. Somehow Fauci's testimony was not the worst testimony over the past few days. The same regime that will not let us out of our homes for fear of the virus and tells us we have to wear 75 masks even after we get vaccinated is now admitting that it lets foreign nationals into this country without checking them for coronavirus. This uh, rep Andrew Clyde grilling the secretary of the department of Homeland Security, Alejandro Mayorkas, and he puts him in a corner. Can you assure the American people that no one who has been apprehended um, is released into our communities with uh, that still test positive for COVID-19? Um, uh, Congressman, let me be, be let me be clear. Uh, there were times earlier when individuals um, were apprehended and we sought to expel them and we were unable to expel them and we were compelled to release them and we did not have the opportunity to test them. We have addressed that situation. So, so right now, as we speak right now, you're telling me that no one is released into our country that is uh, COVID-19 positive. Congressman, uh, allow me to repeat myself, if I may. Well, that's just a yes or it no is, question. Just yes, yes or no. No, no it's um, Congressman, if I may. Uh, the situation uh, at the border is complex, and the complexity is evidenced by the questions I've been receiving throughout the morning. The situation at the border is complex, but this question is not complex, <laughs> Mr. Secretary. Have people, foreign nationals, been released into our country without being tested for COVID-19? Well, you know, the nuances and the, no, it's a yes or no question. I understand that immigration is a complex issue. This is not a complex issue. Has it happened or not? Yeah, well, we try to enforce the rules. Yeah, I, right, I know that you do. Have, have you succeeded in that? He pushes him further. I, I thought this was great questioning too by, by Representative Andrew Clyde here. Okay, yeah, it's complex. Take away the complexity for a second. Can you tell me that you have succeeded in enforcing your rules? So please, if I may, it is our policy to test and to quarantine. Okay, we but are you executing built, to that policy we, 100%? We are doing the best we can to ensure that the policy is executed 100% of the time. That I can say. This is like, you know, if your girlfriend says to you, you know, I love you. And you say, yeah, I love spending time with you. He says, hmm, what? No, do you love me though? Yeah, no, I love so much of what we, no, you're not answering the question. <laughs> do you stop these people from coming into the country without being tested for COVID? We, that is our policy. Okay. Are you succeeding at that policy? We are trying our best. Uh-huh. It's just, can you please get, okay, I guess your non-answer is an answer. The same regime that is absolutely intent on keeping you from going out and seeing people and having Thanksgiving and having Christmas and going out without the, the secular kefia all over your face is allowing foreign nationals to enter our country without being tested for COVID during a pandemic. That's the sort of thing that might make people not sleep so easy at night. But if you do want to sleep easy at night, you should check out Helix Sleep. Everyone is unique and Helix Sleep knows that. So they have several different mattress models to choose from. They got soft, they got medium. If you're anything like me, they have the firm mattresses. That's what I prefer. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. They even have a Helix Plus mattress for plus size sleepers. If you're looking for a mattress, you take the quiz, you order the mattress that you're matched to, and the mattress comes right to your door shipped for free. You don't even need to go to the mattress store. You just forget about those mattress stores. Helix is terrific. You, you also don't need to take my word for it. Helix was awarded the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 and by GQ and Wired Magazine. Just go to helixsleep.com slash Knowles, K-N-W-L-E-S, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they will match you to a customized mattress that will give you the absolute best sleep of your life. I uh, really, really love my Helix. It was so easy to get, by the way, the way it was shipped and really uh, terrific to sleep on. They're offering up to $200 off all mattresses and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash Knowles. That's helixsleep.com slash Knowles for up to $200 off and two free pillows. Go check it out. Even Democrats 
are calling out the, the absolute madness that's going on at the border. Even, because uh, uh, what they're doing here is they're not trying to enforce the law. They are incentivizing law-breaking. This guy, Mayorkas, the, the uh, Secretary of Department of Homeland Security, is out of one side of his mouth saying, look, we're really trying to enforce the law and, and we, you know, we're doing our best and please give us some grace here. But then out of the other side of his mouth, he's saying also people should come to the border. Maybe not right now, but they should surge to the border because we're going to let them in and we're going to give them amnesty. If you say to them this morning, do not come, the next question is going to be, how long do I wait and what am I waiting for? Is there going to come a, a moment where you say, okay, now's the time? In, in weeks, in several months, we will um, expand the legal processes that we already have started to rebuild. We already have reinstituted the Central American Miners Program that was built in the Obama-Biden administration and that was torn down by the prior administration. But we well understand that out of desperation, some children might not wait. Some loving parents might send their child to traverse Mexico alone to reach the southern border, uh, our southern border. I hope they don't uh, undertake that perilous journey, but if they do, we will not expel that young child. We will care for that young child and unite that child with a responsible parent. That is who we are as a nation. So do not come now, but come in like 15 minutes. If you, if you that'll solve our problem, right? It, it's an incoherent policy. It will increase suffering for everybody. Not only is it unjust in itself because it breaks these laws and these are just laws to, that a country ought to be able to have its own borders. America is, has the most open immigration regime in the world and that's still not enough for some of these radicals. But also just in terms of the personal suffering that everyone will undergo, when you incentivize illegal immigration, you empower cartels, you empower coyotes, you empower smugglers. There was a study that came out some years ago from Fusion and Huffington Post. So you're talking about left-wing outlets here that said that 60 to 80% of women and girls who cross that border illegally are raped or sexually assaulted on the journey. Uh, even from a purely only focus on the migrants, you know, humanitarian perspective, pretty vicious stuff. But the left is encouraging it because they want a flood of, of migrants into the country because they know that they are going to overwhelmingly win those votes, whether or not the, uh, they, they have a plan for amnesty for the people who are crossing illegally. But even if they don't get it there, they're still overwhelmingly likely to win those votes one and, and even two generations afterward. And this is because of birthright citizenship. When, when this is too much for Democratic representatives in Congress, you know that the left has gone quite far. A representative, Raul Ruiz, Democrat from California, says the Biden administration just not doing enough. When it comes to immigration, uh, President Biden saying very clearly in an interview, don't come here to migrants. Is that enough? You know, no, that's not enough. I mean, one is it's very important that people realize that we're in the middle of a pandemic and that it's not safe for them, especially with the cartels and the coyotes that are taking advantage of them and re-traumatizing them during the journey. So he uh, was actually coincidental. I, I didn't remember that he had made that point, but it's the same point that I just made, which is <laughs> you, you, when you uh, have, have these lax policies that are supposed to be aiding the migrants, what you are doing inevitably is empowering these vicious gangsters who are brutalizing not only our country, not only Americans, but also the migrants themselves. Vicente Gonzalez, Democratic representative from Texas, saying this has gone too far. Democrats need to stop this crazy policy. The, coming across the, uh, the, the, the Rio Grande uh, River and being processed and released into our communities uh, cannot be the norm. Uh, our cities and our counties on the border don't have the resources to deal with this. And, and uh, it's a federal government's responsibility. It puts a lot of pressure on our local governments and our local communities. And we're in the middle of a pandemic where every one of us has lost somebody who, who we love. And uh, I've, we've, as I said, I've lost over 3,000 uh, uh, constituents in my area. I've lost 11 personal friends and family members. 
We've been ravaged here in South Texas, and uh, we need an orderly process to assure our safety and our health. Absolutely. Now, why is, are these Democratic representatives speaking out here? I think it's pretty clear. It's because they're from border states. <laughs> and so these issues are sort of immaterial to people in New York, in Northern California, in Chicago. I mean, you see illegal aliens end up there, and so it does create problems. But it's very different up there than for people who are right there on the border seeing the realities of this every single day and seeing how much worse the problem has gotten because of the policies of President Biden. But is it really President Biden who's pushing these policies? You know, I've said from the very beginning, I don't think Joe Biden is a person. I don't think he's a, a human being. I, I think he is a suit. And then there is some sort of matter, I guess, that, that fills the suit and kind of, you know, it ha has the form of a human body. But he is just, in effect, this empty suit. And when he wakes up in the morning, he licks his index finger, he puts it up in the air, he figures out which way the wind is blowing. Occasionally, the, the combination of Joe Biden's vacuity and his incompetence, you know, his, his uh, uh, tendency to have slips and gaffes, combines in a really hilarious way. For instance, when Joe Biden referred yesterday to President Harris. Must be matched with fairness and equity. Now, when President Harris and I took uh, a virtual tour of a vaccination center in Arizona. That was nice that President Harris took you on that tour. <laughs> that was nice that she, she picked you up, you know, allowed you to come out of the, the house for the day, get, get a little fresh air, which is good, and then obviously take you, take you right back to it. A great line. A lot of people have drawn a comparison between Joe Biden and the late Soviet dictators. <laughs> Reagan used to joke that he, he wanted to reach out to them, but they kept dying on him. You know, they were just these figureheads. They were very old. They were not particularly effective. Does this mean that Kamala Harris is running the show? Maybe. I, it would seem that she's exerting some influence here, and Joe Biden refers to her as the president. Even on the campaign trail, he was he was making references to her as the president. Uh, but it's, it's more than that. It's not just this wicked Kamala Harris pulling the strings. It's the whole edifice that the reason that Joe Biden is able to be a completely empty suit is because he is merely an avatar for the liberal establishment. He, he is in many ways a return to, to normal. The normal is not a normal that we like, namely corporations with no loyalty to our country, upending our culture, uh, people it, it, pulling away any sort of immigration controls that we have, upending law and order. I mean, it, but unfortunately that was kind of the normal that was being pushed by this establishment. And it, it would seem that even Joe Biden is, is admitting this. Speaking of mistaken identity, to show you where the slippery slope is going, a man in Canada, not in the United States, but in our, our neighbor to the North, America's hat, uh, Robert Hoogland from Surrey, British Columbia, uh, is now spending time in jail because he referred to his daughter as she. He called his daughter, 14-year-old daughter, she, and now the Supreme Court of British Columbia, having ordered this girl to receive testosterone injections, the court is now uh, ordering him to go to jail, finding him to be in contempt. 14-year-old people, you'll, you'll know, are below the age of consent. They can't consent to do very many things. If they want to work, they have to get certain permits. If they want to have sex, they're not allowed to do that. If they want to have certain medical procedures, they need parental consent because they themselves cannot consent. That's the premise of, law of uh, age of consent laws. But if this girl says that she's a boy, not only can she get these hormone treatments, the courts in Canada will insist that she get those hormone treatments, even over the, over the objections of her parents. And if her parents continue to object, the court will throw those parents in prison. This began because the girl's school urged her to see a psychologist who then recommended that the girl take the hormones. This actually began at age 13. And then the doctors at the school, which is run by the government, right, decided that the girl should receive the testosterone injections and then the father couldn't say boo about it. This is the slippery slope. This is not some, some foreign, you know, way across the seas dictatorship that's so unlike ours. 
This is a government that's very much like ours and that is just further in the direction of progressivism. And this sort of thing is not so far down the slippery slope from what we're seeing here. You know, when I want to see things a little bit better, I need really good glasses. And that's why I turned to Coastal. At Coastal.com, you can get prescription glasses starting at $9 with free shipping and 60-day risk-free returns. Plus, they have the most advanced virtual try-on technology that you will find anywhere. Turn your frames into sunglasses by testing out colored lens tints or finally see what a cat eye or aviator would really look like on your face right now with your phone. I think the cat eye looks very fetching on me, uh, but your mileage may vary. With Coastal, you don't have to spend hours at the store or hundreds of dollars to get a new style. Just go to coastal.com, pick the frames you want, enter your prescription details, and your glasses will arrive in just a few days. I got to tell you that the try-on technology is really amazing. It's not just like some, you know, glasses in the middle of the screen and you fit your face to it. You can move your head around. It shows you what it looks like on the side. It's really, really great stuff. Makes online shopping for glasses so much easier. It's that final thing, I think, that you really need for online shopping for glasses. For a limited time, they're offering our listeners the best deal they've got going on anywhere. 30% off your first pair of glasses at coastal.com slash Michael, M-I-C-H-A-E-L. Get free shipping, 60-day risk-free returns, and 30% off at coastal.com slash Michael. Discount applied at checkout only for a limited time. C-O-A-S-T-A-L dot com slash Michael. Some restrictions apply. The problem of the slippery slope is that all societies have standards. We're always going to have some standards. And when you start knocking down our traditional standards, very often there's no limiting principle to that. So you just are in free fall and you have no argument. Having destroyed the old standards, you have no argument for stopping the cultural radicalism at any given point. The question is, what standards are we going to have? Wheaton College showing this craziness. Wheaton College, which is a Christian school, is removing the word savage from a plaque that it had up honoring missionaries. The, the plaque was honoring these Wheaton College missionaries who went in to the savages of the jungle, these tribes that were living in a very brutal and savage way. And these missionaries were killed by the savage tribe. But that's not the end of the story. The, the end of the story is that the, the families of these missionaries continued their work and extended Christian love and grace to them. And now they love one another. The, many of the tribesmen did convert to Christianity. The story has a happy ending. These people had been harassed by the Shell Oil Company and had been killing oil company employees, trying to keep those employees from entering into their territory. The Shell Oil Company had gone to the Ecuadorian government and convinced them that if they wanted the Shell Oil Company to find oil, that together they had to get rid of this problem. So dad and his friends decided to try to make a contact, a friendly contact, before efforts were made to try to wipe this small tribe of violent people um, out. In the process, dad and his friends were killed, but that's only the beginning of the story. A USA Today editor, when he was interviewing us, said, you know, I can understand possibly forgiving the man who killed your father, but he said, but loving him, that seems almost morbid. And you know, it would be if it wasn't true. Wow. Oh my goodness. What an incredible story. What a Christian story. This is the story of the spread of Christianity, which Wheaton College ought to defend, but they're very upset about the word savage. The word savage refers to the woods. That's the etymology, people living in the woods. This tribe living in the woods. Wheaton College very upset because it's, it's offensive to the indigenous culture. Those missionaries were offensive to the indigenous culture because they went into the jungles, into the woods and said, hey, you savages should stop living in, in this way, which is pagan and missing out on the good news of the gospel that we are bringing you. Oh my goodness. Could you imagine if the Wheaton College administrators heard me say that they would be shocked and horrified? But guess what? Many of these tribesmen, these former savages would agree with everything I just said. That's why they converted to Christianity. What we are saying here, what, what missionaries used to be able to say, what our whole culture used to be able to say is that it is better to be civilized than to live in the woods. Moreover, it is better 
to believe the good news of the gospel than to believe whatever crazy pagan religions you were believing before. Because it is more reasonable. It is not merely an act of will. We, the missionaries, imposing by force our will on you. That's not what they did at all. They gave their lives trying to spread the gospel. And then the children of these people came up and not only forgave the people who murdered their, their parents, but loved them. And through this kind of love, you see the spread of Christianity. That, that's what happened. It wasn't just will. It was reasonable. And some of these people reasoned and made an act of faith to come to Christianity, a wonderful thing. But the college doesn't understand what its purpose is anymore because we are losing our sense that you can rely on reason. You can do, do all sorts of things. Speaking of savages, have to get to this story before we get to mailbag. A Wisconsin children's court judge who previously ran an LGBTQ organization that, that fundraised for Drag Queen Story Hour, among other programs, was arrested Tuesday on charges of child pornography. Stop the presses. I am absolutely shocked. I couldn't possibly be more surprised that some degenerate pushing Drag Queen Story Hour which is transvestites twerking for little toddlers at a public library, that he might have some kind of weird sexual preferences and fascination with children. Shocking, isn't it? No, it's not shocking at all. Brett Blom, according to reports from the Milwaukee Journal Sentinel, was taken into custody by special agents with the State Division of Criminal Investigation following an investigation into multiple uploads of child pornography through a kick messaging application in October and November. Uh, Brett Blom is gay. And and probably the most disturbing part of this whole thing is that he and his partner have two adopted children, I believe. So really, really worrisome stuff. Can we just agree to get rid of Drag Queen Story Hour? Can we just agree that where there's smoke, often there is fire? Can we just agree that it is not a blessing of liberty to have transvestites twerking for toddlers at the public library? conservative, every conservative and, and just about every Democrat would have agreed with this 10 years ago, not that long ago. But now, because the slippery slope just has a sliding on down because of that, even many conservatives now will say, you know, well, if we ban drag queen story hour, then they might tell us we can't go to church. They're already telling you, you can't go to church. They've been telling you that for a year in many places in this country. And, and by the way, if we can't distinguish in this country between twerking for toddlers in drag and going to church, if we, if we think those two things are basically kind of the same, right? We can't make a moral judgment between them. Then we can't make any kind of moral judgment. Then we can't have any kind of political vision because self-government relies on the ability of the people to, to make these kinds of judgments for themselves and then implement that through self-government. Another leftist leader of dubious morals before we get to the mailbag. Sir Major Page, 32 years old, was just invited, indicted rather. He was invited to go to prison by a federal grand jury in Cleveland on three counts of money laundering, one count of wire fraud, according to the DOJ. Page is uh, the leader of the Black Lives Matter of Greater Atlanta Facebook page. Uh, He created a 501c3 nonprofit organization for this group. He raised almost a half million dollars from donors. And you know how he spent that money that was being given to him, oodles of it being given to him for social justice and racial justice. He spent it on his house, on guns, and on hookers. (laughs) It was always a grift. It was always a con. the the BLM organization. This is why the family of Michael Brown and Ferguson and other community leaders in Ferguson are now demanding tens of millions of dollars from the BLM organization because they want a little cut of the action. They want a piece of this extortion ring that BLM has been running on corporate America and many other people for well over a year now. It was always a naked power grab. Some people gullible gave into it. Others did not. Meanwhile, when they're not blowing the money on guns, homes, and hookers, they're, they're spending it to burn the country down through the riots that we saw for, for six to eight months in this country. Quite a slippery slope. Could you imagine telling someone that this would happen five, 10 years ago? They wouldn't have believed it. The, the only way we're going to stop these things is if we make substantive moral claims, which is an argument I make in my upcoming book, Speechless, Controlling Words, Controlling Minds, available for pre-order until Amazon figures out what it's about, and then they'll take it off. All right. 
We have got to get to my favorite time of the week, the mailbag. Go check out Ben today, who talks about uh, ways to stop this kind of cancel culture. Says that the cancellations will continue until morale improves. Also, the Michael Knowles Show YouTube channel crossed half a million subscribers this morning. Can't believe it, folks. I really appreciate it. We, we put a ton of extra content on that channel. Uh, so head on over there and subscribe to the YouTube channel. Some people have told me that they subscribe and then for whatever reason, they get unsubscribed from the channel. Who knows why that would happen on a big tech platform. So head on over if you haven't subscribed already. And maybe even if you have, go check out and make sure that, that it, it's still there. Also, Candace premieres today. Uh, Candace Owens' new show at The Daily Wire. It sh- shot yesterday. It's super cool. It's unlike anything we've ever done. This is exclusive to Daily Wire members. You know, for a lot of our shows, you can see most of it or listen to most of it if you're not a member. Candace, you got to be a member to watch it. Head on over. Do not miss a single episode of Candace. Go to dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code Candace for 25% off. Dailywire.com slash subscribe. Use code Candace for 25% off. We'll be right back with the mailbag. First question from Anonymous. General Knowles, I'm in the military and have mandatory CNO directed extremism training next week. I don't know what will be said or discussed, but I think we can guess given the events of the week. I would like to voice my conservative perspective, but I'm fearful because cancel culture here includes legal action under the UCMJ, that's Uniform Code of Military Justice. Any advice for me of note, Kendi's book, how to be an anti-racist is on the CNO's professional reading program. That's unbelievable. Uh, as well as other extremist books. Thank you. Yeah, it's, it's very sad to see this. One great benefit of the Trump era, I was actually chatting with a, uh, a military friend of mine last night. One great benefit of the Trump era is Trump exposed the bureaucratic leftism of a lot of the officer class. I think there are plenty of good military officers out there. I think maybe it's even most of the military officers. Maybe it's most of the enlisted guys are good, ordinary, patriotic American people who believe perfectly conservative things. But a lot of people who have attained power among officers and even among enlisted guys, like that wacko from Space Force the other day who was yelling at Tucker Carlson, a lot of the guys who have risen and been able to attain positions of power both the officers and the enlisted men are left-wingers. They're, and, and I don't just mean left-wingers in the way that we always have a left and right in the country. I mean radical left-wingers who are seeking to upend our traditional American culture. Guys pushing the, the racialist theories of Ibram, Ibram Kendi and all sorts of people like that. That's a big problem. And I think a lot of the conservative impulse to just give as much money as they want to the Pentagon. Oh, Pentagon wants a ton of money. Yeah, no, no amount of money is, is too great. I think we've got to check that a little bit and recognize that all bureaucratic institutions have a tilt toward leftism. And because the left has waged, in the words of the communist theorist and leader Antonio Gramsci, a war of position for the last hundred years, a topic I mentioned in my book at length, Speechless, Because of this war of position, they've attained a lot of power in the universities, in Hollywood, in the media, in the administrative state, and even in the military. And so we need to reform that. I'm not the sort of person who says we need to rip everything out root and branch. I think we need to go in and have the guglionis to, uh, (laughs) it's a little uh, Italian American for you, uh, cojones, spine at the very least, to be more polite, to exercise political power when we get political power. And it's a very difficult thing to do, particularly with the military, because it's so big, it's so entrenched. In many ways, the traditions of the military have helped it from going completely off the rails, but the radicals are trying to transform it. Very difficult stuff. Uh, My friends just don't know, you know, some have walked out of these trainings, but done it in enough of a way that (laughs) they won't get in trouble for it. But it's a a very fraught political problem right now. The only answer is going to be political reform. From Abraham. Hi, Michael, are you jealous of Matt's obvious beard awesomeness or can you grow an equally amazing beard and are just hiding the skill? I am man enough to admit that I cannot grow a particularly convincing beard. You know, it's a little sparse. It's even a little bit patchy. I can grow a mustache in about 25 minutes, 
But that creates a big problem because, you know, I give a lot of talks at schools and when I grow the mustache, it's a court rule. I'm not allowed within 300 yards of any schools. Kind of like that guy, who, you know, the, the guy who was the court judge who, who ran Drag Queen Story Hour. I start to look like one of those guys. So I can't, I just can't pull it off. Okay. If I could pull off a Walshy type beard or even better, the Spencer Clavin square beard, I would do it. If I could pull off the Tom Selleck mustache, I would do it. Some people are meant for facial hair. Others are not. From Liana. Hey, Michael, what would it take for individuals to pull a Christie gnome, join together and give the stimulus checks back? I have to believe there are enough smart, savvy people out there to know uh, what this money actually will cost and would choose to give that $1,400 back just so their children and grandchildren wouldn't eventually have to. A statement that, uh, that of sorts that clearly showed that some of us can't be bought. I'm not going to give the money back. If I, I don't know if I'm getting a stimulus check. I think I actually am supposed to, depending on which, what tax year and how it's all these kind of Byzantine rules. If I get a, a stimulus check, I'm not going to give it back. I appreciate your impulse to do that. If I could uh, create a world in which we took the budget seriously and didn't just enslave our children to endless debt and actually tried to pass on an inheritance to our children instead of just destroying the inheritance that we've received, both culturally and f- financially, I would, I would do that. But unfortunately, this is a a strategy that Republicans have pursued for a long time and it hasn't worked. Namely, to play by the set of rules that we want everyone to play by while the other side is going to play by their own set of rules. That doesn't work. That's that's just unilateral disarmament. And uh, I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to say, all the conservatives give up your money, but let the left-wingers get their money. No, that's just an even more egregious transfer of wealth to the left. I I wouldn't do that at all. how do you transform this sort of thing? I think what we need to do is deal in the real political circumstances that we're in right now. And we need to use every advantage that the left will give us to crack up the left. And that's not, that's not a purely abstract, feel-good way to understand our political principles. But our political principles, which exist in the abstract, have to be applied in real life if they are going to have any sort of uh, weight to them, any gravity to them. And that's what we need to do now. I think that was a lot of what the Trump era was about too, is you you had a lot of people clutching their pearls when Trump was nominated because they say, no, this isn't the principled way of Mitt Romney and John McCain. It's not the way that we in a principled way lose. Right. It's not. It's not. But it would be better to win in a way that maybe discomforts you, not in a way that's immoral, but in a way that maybe discomforts you a little bit than to lose in a perfectly wonderful way. From Joy. Hey, Michael. The mainstream media is shocked, shocked that the Catholic Church is in fact Catholic and follows scripture and tradition as they have for the last thousand years. Hypothetically, what could Catholics do if a pope was elected that ignored scripture and tradition in a blatant attempt to be more culturally relevant? Specifically, if a new future pope was chosen that allowed blessings to same-sex unions, hand-waved abortion, and all the other items from the world's wish list. Would we see another era of three popes at the same time? Do Catholics have a form of civil disobedience if the papacy went blatantly unbiblical? Well, there are ways to question the Pope. Uh, There are very prominent cardinals, members of the Episcopacy, who have raised dubia doubts uh, that the Pope would, should answer, and and, uh, Pope Francis has not done that. You can even politely charge people with, with heresy. The Pope has not responded to those things either. And so that's all perfectly acceptable. We've had bad popes before. We've had heretic popes, for goodness sakes. Um, And yet the church has survived that. So uh, Hilaire Belloc, great Catholic writer, a great conservative writer, highly recommend everyone read Hilaire Belloc. He, He had a good line on this. He said that I am required as a matter of my faith to hold the Catholic church divine, divinely instituted and divinely guided. However, one bit of evidence for those of you who don't believe that is that no other institution conducted with such knavish imbecility would have lasted a fortnight. That the Catholic Church is run so poorly by such flawed men, and that has been the case, sometimes worse, sometimes a little better, for 2,000 years, that the real wonder here is that the church has survived and survived as it has, intact. That to me is an evidence of, uh, of divine guidance. Catholics believe that when Christ says, I, I will always be with you, I will not leave you. Uh, you know, it, 
obviously he ascends up to heaven, but that he will always be there, that the, he will send the Holy Spirit and that God will always guide the church, that that means that no matter how crazy things get, uh, there will, the bark of Peter will still remain afloat. So I, I do believe that. There are mechanisms in place to question popes, but you know, even so much confusion from Pope Francis's pontificate somehow the church remains afloat, even in these crazy times. From Liam, dear Professor Kofefe, is it too late to hope that conservatives will wield political power when they have it? After the uh, nothing strange happened here results of the last election with election integrity deforms being pushed through at the federal level and with fears of ending the filibuster, packing the Supreme Court and turning Washington, D.C. and Puerto Rico into states, is there any hope that conservatives will ever win, let alone wield political power in the future? Yeah, I think there's hope, but the, the prospects are getting worse. And I, some conservatives want to remain complacent and say, oh, it's fine. It'll swing back. It'll be okay. No, that's not, <laughs> that's not always the case. Political parties come and go. Sometimes pol- certain political parties have dominance for decade upon decade upon decade. Think of the dominance of progressives and the Democrats in the early 20th century. It shaped the world that we have today. Think about uh, the the way that these these parties can change the structure of government such that it's very difficult for us to win again. I don't don't think that there's a world in which it becomes totally impossible for uh, Republicans or conservatives to win again. Because what, what would have to happen in that case is that the regime would have to become so corrupt that it, it would have to rule basically just by the imposition of its will. And you're seeing traces of this now. No one's ever allowed to question the election, even though you had prominent Democrats, including Barack Obama, raising worries about election integrity measures not that long ago. Now you're not allowed to do that. And big tech is going to censor you. And if you question the regime's views on transgenderism, you're going to have your books kicked out of the biggest marketplaces in the world. You know, it's, it, it's trying to close in and grab on it. I think that's evidence that it's a somewhat weak regime, but yeah, it could, it could persist for a long time. I think it's important that we win in the near future and that not, not only that we win, but you actually have to, to do things. It's great to drag Mark Zuckerberg to a hearing and yell at him, but you know, that and a buck 50 will get you a cup of coffee. You actually have to reform these things, hold their feet to the fire. And if you don't do that, a lot of politicians are bought off by these guys anyway, but if they, if they can't do that, then yeah, probably, probably we have lost for the near future. From Matt, dear Mr. Knowles, I sent you a question last week regarding what you think the best argument against Christianity was. I thought your answer was very thoughtful. And so I have a follow-up question if you're willing to entertain it. Namely, what do you think is the best argument against Catholicism and why do you think it falls short? Love the show. Keep up the good work. I think the best, or I, I don't think there is one good argument against Catholicism. I think there are lots of little arguments against Catholicism that brought together uh, create in people a sort of disposition against Catholicism. It was said, I forget who it was. It's a very famous statement and I'll just, I'll attribute it to Ronald, uh, Ronald Knox, but I don't know. It was one of, one of these sort of great Catholic writers. Maybe it was John, uh, uh, gosh, I don't know. I forget. There are so many, so many people. John Henry Newman, who knows, who said that th- there are not a hundred people in this country who really hate the Catholic church. There are millions of people who hate what they think to be the Catholic church, but th- there aren't that many people who actually hate what the Catholic church is. So for instance, the Catholic church, as Chesterton pointed out, gets attacked for opposite reasons. It's attacked for being too ascetic. You know, you flagellate yourself, you fast, you, you know, that's too ascetic, but it's also attacked for being too luxurious. The gold of, of St. Peter's, you know, all the ornate iconography and architecture. So which is it? It's attacked for opposite reasons. It's attacked for being anti-woman, you know, keeping women pumping out kids and, you know, in the kitchen or something. And it's attacked for being too, too womanly, <laughs> too, for only having women show up to mass and the men don't show up as much. So which is it? Is it, is it misogynistic or is it feminist or who, you know, what is it? Uh, there are arguments against the church because they say Catholics worship Mary. Catholics don't worship Mary. They venerate Mary and we ask Mary to pray for us, but we ask Bob down the street to pray for us too. And so does everybody else. Uh, it gets knocked for the saints. I suppose that would be the same, the same idea. Uh, Catholic church gets knocked for pushing a, a salvation through works theology. Uh, but it doesn't. And actually that, that heresy, which is called the heresy of Pelagius was condemned by the Catholic church many, many moons ago. 
centuries and centuries ago in the very early part of the church. It's condemned for being founded by Emperor Constantine, you know, centuries after Christ lived. Uh, that just isn't true. And <laughs> you can read the, you can read the uh, documents of the early church fathers and, and uh, references to the Catholic church. And you can see that development. You can trace the, the papacy all the way back to St. Peter and then Linus and then all the guys all the way up to Pope Frankie right now. So I, I, I don't mean to be flippant here. I do think there are lots of, it's what, what Jeremy might call the, the preponderance of false evidence. There are all these little arguments that people make that, that very successfully turn them away from the Catholic church. But I, I just think if you examine any of the arguments specifically, they, they don't really hold up. Let's take one more question from Hannah. Hi, Michael. I've been unable to avoid hearing about Sarah Everard murder several times a day. She was killed by a man while walking home at night, sparked a lot of debate surrounding women's safety, and has even made leftists concede the biological differences between men and women. Uh, a baroness in the House of the Lords even proposed a 6 p.m. curfew for men. I don't think women should be scared of all men, but just that we should generally be wary of strangers, especially at night. It's clear to me as a young woman that a concealed carry permit would be useful here. I hate living in a country with no Second Amendment. I was wondering what your thoughts are. Much love from the UK. My thoughts are I totally agree. There will be order. There will be rules imposed. It, it's a fantasy to think we can just all do whatever we want all the time and that there will be no consequences to licentiousness. So the order will either be from people who can protect their own liberty and defend that liberty with wonderful blessings that we've been given in our politics, such as the Second Amendment, or it's going to be imposed by a government that, that might not have your best interests at heart. Great intuition. That's our show. I'm Michael Knowles. This is The Michael Knowles Show. See you next week. If you enjoyed this episode, don't forget to subscribe. And if you want to help spread the word, please give us a five-star review and tell your friends to subscribe. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. Also, be sure to check out the other Daily Wire podcasts, including The Ben Shapiro Show, The Andrew Clavin Show, and The Matt Walsh Show. The Michael Knowles Show is produced by Ben Davies. Executive producer, Jeremy Boring. Our technical director is Austin Stevens. Supervising producers, Mathis Glover and Robert Sterling. Production manager, Pavel Vidovsky. Editor and associate producer, Danny D'Amico. Audio mixer, Mike Coromina. Hair and makeup by Nika Geneva. And production coordinator, McKenna Waters. The Michael Knowles Show is a Daily Wire production. Copyright Daily Wire 2021. Hey everybody, this is Andrew Claven, host of The Andrew Claven Show. You know, some people are depressed because the republic is collapsing, the end of days is approaching, and the moon's turned to blood. But on The Andrew Claven Show, that's where the fun just gets started. So come on over to The Andrew Claven Show and laugh your way through the fall of the republic with me, Andrew Claven. <laughs>